And welcome to the Hoovian Review. 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 Too much fun when on this podcast. Do we? Do we? Though I say we scrap everything we we're going to talk about and focus on us now. That yeah. was a joke, people. This was always our plan. I do love that gold, though. Would you mind if I like borrowed it? So you're saying that this is the Hoovian review? Yeah, review? Because the next color I want to paint it. Is um, but we're gold. recording right now. We are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This oh, is the podcast. Well, hello. Um, <laughs> Shelby was doing my nails, <laughs> and now I'm borrowing her gold nail polish. It may continue, and as it's been alluded to, we're scrapping our normal um, format of reviewing Doctor Who, and this time we're reviewing the Whovian Review, I taking a look it. back on these past 199 episodes. This is episode 200. 200! 200 episodes. Oh, 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 all right, all right, all right. Now, we're all you know, great and wonderful members of this podcast, are and we, we all have a great time here. We are. But I do have to point out that Michael's the only one of us who has actually been on all 200 episodes, and congratulations, Michael. Oh, well, thank you. I've been on, like, five. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been on a little bit more than five. Okay, 12. Yes, this was a dream child of, of Jeremy and mine. Unfortunately, Jeremy's not no longer in the picture, but he's... That, that sounds dark. <laughs> No, I mean, he, he, he might come back and, um, like, do a guest appearance. Yeah, he might. He's alive and well. Oh, he's alive and well, yes. He's he's living with um, family, and he's and he's doing well. He's working really, really hard. Per usual. <laughs> per usual. Yeah, he used to fall asleep, like, during the Whovian Review. Yeah, even. because he had two what, full-time jobs. <laughs> I know. And he was a great, a great host and a great person to do this with, but he was the person that uh, helped me start this whole thing and then I was the one that kind of continued it and then I brought Shel- I eventually brought Shelby in we did have some guest appearances like um, my son Jeremy and my son Carl both were in on it back in the day and then um, and then we had Craig who was one of my roommates who was absolutely hilarious he you couldn't stop him from being like a stand up comedian on the show and then, so if you want to go back and listen to him, uh, go for it. Look for any any of the ones that have Craig in it. And then there's, of course, Kelsey. I wonder who that is. Well, you should know because she was on the podcast as a member. <laughs> yes, Kelsey, your sister, right? Yep. And uh, she she joined us probably what about two years ago. I know she joined us when we were in the middle of Jodie Whittaker. I yeah, I don't think she saw the first season. 
Jodie's first season. She didn't see the first season, but I thought she was in... Wasn't she even part of the... Oh, yeah, Demons season? of the Punjab. Yeah, and she also saw the frog episode, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. The frog episode. It takes you away. Yes, yes, because I remember her commenting on that one. <laughs> she always got a fresh perspective. I think she always got an interesting one because she was thrown into some different stories. And we also went back to, I think, some of, you know, maybe the more objectively worse stories that would have skipped over in the past. <laughs> it's fun to hear her berate some of the, the worst that Worst episodes out there. Do you guys uh-huh. remember when she tried to convince us that the TARDIS was an evolution yes. of the Cybermen? That was brilliant. <laughs> yes. That was terrible. That, that was one of the worst sense. ideas I've ever heard. I thought it was clever <laughs> and outside of the box. I stand by it. And Kelsey, you, thank you. Know, you. you know what? Kelsey brings that If anything, it is literally within the box. For it. She's like, Jace thought it was a good idea. I did. I'll stand by her. How <laughs> many? Did y'all think of that? No, you didn't. It's a conspiracy theory, but we love it. I think for good reason. Yeah, I, I, I thought think- because it's a terrible idea. Y'all can shut sense. up. <laughs> I don't remember what convinced me, but I like had a whole like realization moment where I was like, this could be a thing. I don't remember the details, but I still stand by it. I might have to reevaluate it though, but for right now, I stand by it. That was her contribution to me in the podcast, just giving me that one idea. I don't know. She was always very outside of the box when it comes to like things and also very observant on like little things throughout the episode. Like his top, disgusting. You know, oh, 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 yeah! Like, like, like he, he, he's definitely the hottest one. Or <laughs> he, he's a poor man's whatever. Brad Pitt, or a poor man's someone else. She was straight up. Okay, well, so, you know, since we're talking about podcasters, uh, let's launch into Jace here, our social media expert. Who the social media expert who has been lagging significantly? <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you. Well, now that you threw me under the bus calling me a social media expert and I haven't been holding up, I'm just like... Okay. I know, it was my, my little way to get oh, you All part of our plan. I swear to God. Take you movers, Wolf, webmasters. Anywho. Maybe that will inspire you. Anywho, Anywho I, <laughs> I hate you all. So you did here. Uh, uh, all right, no, but, but in all seriousness, Jace is really good and gives us a lot of very unique and fresh perspective on you know the emotional aspects that characters might be feeling in different places and kind of relates it to things there. It's the yeah. cancer in me. Indeed. You bring you bring a psychology side to everything. You kind of dive into some of the more deep thoughts that some of us regular Whovians probably wouldn't necessarily always think about because we're always more on the details of who the actors are or some of the other more limited things that we yeah, I think that's come up with. I think that's one of the biggest things that Chase brings to the podcast. He's a catalyst for conversation. He brings out big questions and he targets them at us. And he takes current events and other situations and ties it into other media experiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, on where he, where we are with the themes and the you know situation of the current day that we're watching at the time. He's also cute. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're not. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just I think it's like it's very like important that we like look at like who the characters are the significant ha- the significance it has to like doctor who and the plot line and sorry all i thought stuff. you were saying the significant ads <laughs> sorry well there are okay, a lot so of significant ads throughout doctor who there's but... the fez there's jody's goggles there's Stetson. the second doctor's hair i think that's considered a hat well actually he's got a, he's got a smoking hat the second doctor. Well, I also learned was in the home, the top. omen, Patrick Troughton. That was really cool for me to find out. But um, I was saying something. 
Um, yeah, I just think, you know, the Doctor Who does touch on some very interesting and also just, like, philosophical points that I feel like aren't discussed as much as they should be. Like, the first time I recorded Dalek, I was just like, okay, well, what does it mean to feel? And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I need to be the buzzkill of every podcast. No, you're right. That, that's, that's usually, like, a, a dimension that I demand for a 10 out of 10 episode. Exactly. You know, you, you need something that's going to keep my mind occupied. I need a philosophical concept that's going to make me think and make me grow. Because I know the best Doctor Whos are capable of that. Exactly. Colin. Baker. Yes. Colin oh. is... Not Baker. <laughs> Colin Sweeney. Me? What about Colin me? Sweeney. Yeah, I I think you were also a, a kind of a breath of fresh air coming in to our podcast, but I think oh, one of the you. things that you... I think, for me at least, when I listen back on it, you're actually the funniest one of the bunch. You you really do have those one-liners. You come out with them all the time, and, and you keep me entertained while I'm listening. Well, he's also oh, very you. opinionated as well. Like, if everyone writes something a 10, he's not afraid to give it, like, a 2. Like, he's not afraid <laughs> to be genuine, be like, listen, this is how I felt unapologetically. Mm-hmm. And I respect that. You're not one to just, like, morph your opinions into everyone else's. You're just like, this is what I think. Let's go for it. You know, you know, a lot of times when I, I'm reading, you know, we're going through a whole season, I'll find myself kind of, like, basing my ratings based on other episodes in the season. And Colin is very good at keeping his fa- all-time favorite episode, Listen, in his mind. Every time he watches something, to say, how does this measure up to Listen? Because you'll always hear him go on the ratings. He'll be like, well, I listen. loved this episode. It was no Listen, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen is fantastic, so, and it should be the standard. Well, and I think that because of that, you actually have a really good and solid standard for rating that you manage to maintain better than the rest of us. I would agree to that. That, like, for example, a lot of the Matt's, not Matt Smith, wow, David Tennant episodes we've watched, we've watched recently that we've all, you know, sometimes except Colin, given a 10, are very vastly different from each other. And they're not typically things that I would enjoy like watching just randomly throughout you know existence or anything but they were good and Colin is just like you know what this is what I find enjoyable this is my standard and I'll keep true to that oh guys on the same token I think he's also willing to say things that he likes that not everybody else likes yeah and I think that's also kind of kind of cool I think I think there are more Doctor Who fans out there that sometimes kind of shy away from saying, yeah, I really do actually love Time Lash, or I really do like Fear Her, because they are kind of like, well, I know that everybody else doesn't like this. I so. don't mind Fear Her <laughs> as much as everyone else hates it. It's just, I mean, I'm just giving examples. But yeah. I, I like Dragonfire. And, that, that, <laughs> and that, that's largely like, I know you guys haven't seen it, it's a classic story, a lot of people consider it like one of the worst stories, but I, I like it, I really enjoy it. We might have to revisit Love and Monsters. I hated that. Pretty great. So much. (laughs) No, really? So much. The fact that he ended up with a toy after everything in the shape of a little brick panel. Disturbing. It was... I mean, that was, and that didn't need to be there, but I thought there was a very interesting, you know, just perspective, you know, on on the world of Doctor Who. The the Doctor was so bad. I don't know. I don't know. And and maybe, I think part of it's really, you guys all really lowered my expectations. And you were rating this thing for years, and I found it fairly enjoyable. And, you know, part of it was kind of embarrassing. (laughs) 
you know, yeah, I, I think as the, a Doctor Who fan, I think it was the Absorbaloft that was really the yes, oh, yeah, so yeah. That's that's I, I that's see where you're. Referencing. I see where you're coming from in that one, Colin, because I actually like the setup. I like the characters. I like the, yeah. uh, the idea of Linda, and I like that part of it. The the actual alien part that came in was just not done well. Yeah, that was where I think it fell flat. I didn't really like the characters that much. Oh, I love the characters. <laughs> well, you know what I like? I like the concept, but... I like my wife, Shelby. <laughs> what, a, what a lovely woman. Anyway. A spectacular being. Anyways, to wrap up Colin, I think he's a great comic relief. He's not afraid to, you know, assert his opinion despite everyone else's opinion. And he's just... I just think he's hilarious. And super sincere. Oh, thank you. I, I see I'm just a joke to you people. You know what, Colin? <laughs> you just think I'm a joke. Shut like, up. For the second time. Um, <clears throat> any rate, Shall I'll let you continue your Any intro. rate. Like, yeah, I, I was going on to uh, the lovely uh, vision before uh, Shelby. Um, <laughs> and, of course, all of our body, uh, all of our people. Oh, I, I guess our listeners don't even know, but we're all like 10 out of 10s. <laughs> But, yeah, we're all super hot. Yeah, oh my like, god, Shelby's on another level. Um, <laughs> but not just you know her looks, but it's also her Doctor Who knowledge, her um, her ability to just reference different episodes from across the spectrum, and suddenly just know all their names too. You know, the quick summation. But she just brings a really genuine perspective. You can hear it in her voice. You know, the emotion um, come through whenever she has something that she feels. You know, passionate again. She's also not afraid to to press it. She'll press me. I was like, justify uh, <laughs> your opinion there. Why isn't this perfect ten? <laughs> that actually um, leads me on to whenever I've listened to Jeremy, myself, and Shelby. The person that I like to listen to the most during those podcasts is Shelby because of her voice and because she actually you have a very unique voice. It's, yeah. it's not something it, – it's what every podcast needs is that very unique voice. Not saying that we all don't have unique voices because we all do compared to each other. But You keep using the word unique. <laughs> I mean okay. we, we all have stereotype voices. Like I'm, I, I'm like the hunk. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. What about – don't answer that. <laughs> the evil genius. <laughs> sure. Everyone's so threatened by my voice and my like fluctuations. You are the most intimidating. And Michael is... I'm more newscaster, so I'm just kind of plain yeah. and ordinary, whereas yeah. it's it just it's nice Burgundy. to listen to someone that's got a voice. Yeah, like what's Shelby. interesting about Shelby is that whenever she, like, speaks about Doctor Who and is doing, like, all these, like, cross-references and stuff like that, it's almost like you can physically hear, like, the gleam in her eyes as she's, like, talking, you yep, know? Absolutely. It's just, it's so pure, and I love that about her. And many other things. The fact that you're wearing a bird shirt helps. Yeah. Plus, she's the girl. Yeah. Plus, I'm the girl. Yes. Oh, I didn't notice. You know, thank you guys. And I have to say, Doctor Who holds a very special place in my heart, obviously. Really? Yeah. Um, I was actually introduced to a very dark place in my life. And it was like at a place where I was searching for some hope. And I it was presented to me in such a beautiful way because I suddenly... You know, it just, it all made perfect sense. I, I listened to the d- doctor talk and, you know, these other characters question things. And I just thought, yeah, this is all, this is all perfectly sensible to me. And it just, and it was wonderful because, you know, these, you know, this intelligence and the wanting to do the right thing and help people, it always wins out in the end. And that just was 
you know, a message I could really cling to. And then I, um, I got into it and I just absolutely fell in love and have been, you know, an ardent fan ever since. And this is actually how I met Michael. Um, he, he was running a, uh, a meetup group and the, uh, we're watching Doctor Who every Tuesday, and so I went to go check it out. I wanted to make some more friends. Nerds. Oh, yeah, and then, I like, agree. it was, and I found exactly what I was looking for. Like, total, total nerds, total geeks, like, sitting, watching Doctor Who and talking about it and totally geeking out. And um, Michael and Jeremy, eventually, after I'd stayed a few nights late discussing Doctor Who with them, had uh, invited me to join onto the podcast. And I thought that it was that I, they had invited me to be a permanent member, and so I was very surprised a few um Weeks later, when they told me that they wanted to make me a permanent member, and I was like, "What? I thought I already was. I didn't realize I was just here for a guest." It was here. a test run. <laughs> That's such a like cute, heartfelt story. You were just like a little like not nobody, but like you were having a hard time. You found I'm naive. Like, you thought you already birth. made it. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I don't know. That was that was really cute. I feel. Yes. I'm kind of curious. What's What's um, everyone's kind of origin story really quick when it comes to Doctor Who? Oh, um, do we want to go undo Michael's thing first? Like super to... quick. Okay. And then we can get into Michael. All right. Michael, quick origin story. For like what? Well, how when I you got Doctor introduced. I saw on PBS um, Peter Davison's last season. And I might have even seen Snake Dance, the story. Um, around about that same time, but Warriors of the Deep was the one that I remember the most, mostly because of the ending. The ending was very impactful, and I know we haven't rated it yet, but that will be something we'll get to eventually. Um, that really, it it had kind of this like wow moment that just made me go, okay, I want to see more. I also had a friend, or I had a friend across the street that had a sister that was into Doctor Who, and she had the whole entire book collection. So during that first season, I was able to meet up with her, and she loaned me some of her Doctor Who books. So I got to read The War Games, was one of the one of the earliest books that I read, and of course that was Patrick Troughton, so I haven't even seen that Doctor yet at that point, but I read the story, and I'm like, this is really good. And I got to read a few more stories from the different eras, um, and I just, I fell in love, so I started collecting the books, I then started taping all the the stories and then eventually amassed a collection probably larger than my house <laughs> so uh, yeah I've I, I think what rang true for me with, with this show was that it taught me a lot about kindness and being and justice being kind of there for the underdog and that I kind of, in my high school years, actually, I did that. I actually stood up for people that were being bullied or made fun of. And um, because, and I, I kind of blame Doctor Who for that, because uh, I don't think I would have done that without the show in my life. Well, let me just say, as your boyfriend, you do exhibit a lot of the Doctor's qualities, which is why, well, clearly a reason why I love you, right? But also, I just think it's really cool to, like, see you so excited and love something so much and just to see you be like the offspring of the effect just like a tv show could have on somebody and create just a beautiful soul well i think the it goes the other way too because i'm 
able to see your initial reaction to everything. Because if I was watching it for the first time with you, then I wouldn't be able to see your reaction. But because I've already seen it. You secretly film you while you react. Exactly. Oh God. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah, I did record. You should post that. I, we will be <laughs> I posting could, I it. I should. We will. But, I mean, just seeing someone see it for the first time, that there's nothing more awesome than that. That's just... They have so many YouTube videos with that. <laughs> Fan reacts to Doctor Who. Exactly. Indeed. All right. I don't, I don't want to lose the, the thread. So are we doing intros to Doctor Who? Or are we finishing Michael's? I think Colin's got to go to intro. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we can uh, get to intros then. I'm not going gonna... to forget Michael. He's like that little icing. I mean, who could forget about Michael? He's unforgettable. So I think we'll get that back there <laughs> pretty quickly. God, but who could forget my first time with Doctor Who? Probably all of you. Do you know? No. I've already know. forgotten. You called you, you probably never even asked. That's, yeah. I know what I've said. I asked now. You did? Yeah, where's Rose? Is that the first one? Yeah. Right, Doctor? Yeah, you're right. It was. <laughs> so this was, this was the high school era for me. And this was just a, a magical time in the world and the internet. This was like really pre-Netflix. Well, this is Netflix when they were sending you DVDs and everything else in the mail. <laughs> um, but you could access tons of television shows online just by streaming it. You didn't need to down, download other things. This is the first time where this is possible. Um, there's still a lot of pop-up things coming all the time. You know, yeah. sometimes feeds, you know, take a really long time to, you know, process. So you pop up a bunch of windows and you have them load in 10 minutes and you watch them time frame by time frame. But you learn the magic of shows was not just watching the spare episode back to back, but really watching a cohesive story. And that's what I got to do with Doctor Who. I, I, I came in at the very beginning point, the, the ideal, at least in the new reboot of Doctor Who era, um, to the Christopher Eccleston. And I, I watched, you know, the first few seasons. Um, and, and I loved it. You know, it, you, you had a really big spectrum of what you could come to expect in the show. It could, it could be uh, romantic. It could be a comedy. You know, tragedy, drama, there's horror elements in it, too. It could be in the past, it could be in the present, um, the future, you know, halfway around the world or halfway around the universe. You know, it's, it's really just a, a, a wide spectrum of possibility. And, you know, even the characters and, and the main character can interchange with staying the same uh, at the same time. Um, but honestly, I, I, I left Doctor Who after that for some time. I just uh, came to other things, you know, to college, other things happened, time passed, and um, I think it was um, quite a while before I came back to it. And it was really because Shelby was so passionate about Doctor Who. It made me go back, revisit it, watch it all. And I got entrenched in it. And it's just a part of my life as it is part of hers now. I have a whole room in my house dedicated to Doctor Who. That I've contributed to heavily. <laughs> <laughs> you have. And how did you get into this? To this fandom, Chase. Oh, uh, that's going to be a hard story for me to tell because the person who got me into it is not the best thing in the world. But what happened is I, in high school, my freshman year, I became friends with this one girl. And because, you know, I was like, you know, alternative and she was like slightly alternative, but like really shy. Uh, her and I really connected very well. And she was like really a huge fan of Doctor Who, super into the Matt Smith era and I was the type of person who was kind of, as I perceived myself, an airhead who kind of just hung around different groups. And my main friend groups were either, either the alternative kids or, like, the geeks. And she would always, like, 
be like, Jace, you're like, you're secretly a geek. I want you to watch this show that only smart people can watch and all this kinds of stuff. So I just thought that was like a stupid way for her to convince me to watch a show. Like you're secretly smart. You're secretly a geek. Watch something that only superior people can watch. And so I watched it and I was like, okay, it's literally some doctor dude that's existed for like forever, low key trying to smash some chick named Rose. Like it wasn't <laughs> complex at all. Like it was just some dude that's nice who just does random stuff with like some chick on the side. Like it wasn't like the super superior secret club or anything. So I was kind of turned off from Doctor Who because of that she built it up to be like this super exclusive thing that i was only able to watch because i was unlike everyone else like not like a normal person i thought mm-hmm. that was just kind of dumb and then don't be a gatekeeper of doctor who fandom yeah i just thought that was stupid like i, I don't know it was just a tv show to me right and even now it's still like a tv show like i'll watch it i'll find enjoyment out of it like it's not like, my favorite thing in the entire universe, but, you know, it's still enjoyable to me, and I'll watch it with all my friends and stuff like that. Um, but that was, like, my first introduction to Doctor Who. It's just this really, like, pompous friend that I had. But at the same time, she was passionate, right? So she was, at that time, the embodiment of the Doctor. Her favorite Doctor was Matt Smith. And then over time, you know, she was approached by, like, popularity and kind of conformed to, like, everything they wanted her to be. So she became more of the master in all of that. So I I was watching Doctor Who, who, knowing how pure and kind-hearted he was, and then that was her. She was, like, the underdog. And then, you know, the second she got, like, some power, she just, that's how it happened. She became the master. So that put a very sour taste in my mouth with regards to Doctor Who. I hope she listens to this. What a burn. (laughs) Uh, we've had many problems but like that's what happened like she was like a great person we had the same ideals and everything so now when I think about my origin story of Doctor Who I think about our relationship because she would come to school in bow ties and suspenders because she was just everything Doctor Who I got her like a Doctor Who like belt and like she was she was just obsessed at like TARDIS pens memorabilia everything and that's kind of like the initial association I have with Doctor Who but I, I mean I liked it it wasn't bad. Christopher Christopher Eccleston was my first doctor. Um, but then, of course, I met Michael. And then, you know, naturally, when you start dating a huge Whovian like that, you kind of just have to, like, you know, dive in. It comes with the territory. It comes either, with the territory. Either, comes, yeah. Just like he has to accept Kesha now. Sorry. Am I allowed to add something to my origin story? Sure. Because I, I did sure. forget one kind of important part. Um after Peter Davison regenerated into Colin Baker, I did actually see Colin's first full season. And then it went immediately back to William Hartnell. So I actually saw William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, Colin Baker, and Peter Davison all before getting to the behemoth Tom Baker. Mm. And as a result of that, the other five doctors I had a great appreciation for. I really loved going through all of William Hartnell uh, when I first did. I, it was, and my parents even, I even have a recording of my, of uh, me tape recording Doctor Who and my parents are talking about it in the background. And from what I remember, they were saying something along the lines of, oh, he really likes this. <laughs> um, and it's an old black and white 1963 show. So they weren't expecting me to, to fall in love with something like that. Um, so I, because of that, I, I think that's helped me branch off and, and, and appreciate pretty much every doctor that we've had. Um, 
And you have, you know, and to launch into what you bring to this podcast here, Michael, you've got an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of all of Doctor Who. Oh, my God. From the God. very beginning, as, as a result of it. It's yeah. just like, it's... It's amazing. One day I'll get there, but... <laughs> it's, not, it's not just an encyclopedic knowledge. It's an emotional connection from early childhood days. That's true. Um, coming into the future consistently. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's knowing and feeling those lags waiting, you know, week by week for episodes and, and <laughs> things like that. Um, My but, God, yeah, the first regeneration you experienced when you were a child. <laughs> it was so much more impactful. Yeah. It w- it was. I mean, at first I couldn't stand the fact that that we lost Peter Davison, but kind but of like, but with Colin Baker, his well, favorite. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I Hello guess Collins. I was more able to accept it because because then I learned about regeneration once William Hartnell started. So I it kind of was oh I see the Doctor's many different faces. So then I kind of wanted to see more of Colin because I was like wait hold on a sec we just. Stopped halfway in the middle. Oh. And you know, I also have to give it up for Michael because of his um, his attention to, to detail and specifically detail in audio and, and music as well. Like I wouldn't even know the name of my main man Murray Gold with, <laughs> without Michael's influence. Yeah. I wouldn't know the name of, like, most of the people who were, were in Doctor Who. I probably would have picked up the Doctor's names, but probably not the companions or anything and the actors and stuff. It's like, it's all from Michael. He just repeats them constantly. Well, I will say this. My favorite theme song was done by Peter Howell. He was the one who did the 19... It's called the 1980s. Our point exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, random, like, fun facts of the week, you know, too. And, and, and it's not always like... Well, did you know that this same thing happened a mere 40 years ago? <laughs> you, you, you know, one time, one, one night, Michael took us on a tour through all of the Doctor Who theme songs where we, we sat and we listened and watched, like, all of them, one after the other, in chronological order, while Michael explained to us the nuances and differences between them and how it was reflected in the style of the show to match up with <laughs> And you know, if that sounds entertaining to you, then I guess it explains why he still listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> if it does sound entertaining to you, write to us and we'll uh, make him do a talk on. <laughs> I just I don't know. I just I think it's adorable because you and I both have like one thing that we both completely like fangirl over, and it's just I don't know. There's something about passion that's just super attractive. You know, just caring about something as much as you do, like. I don't think an encyclopedia does you justice. Like, when you watch Doctor Who, when you talk talk about it, you, like, light up. Like, you can see that, like, childish, nostalgic love for something that you've even <laughs> stated crafted who you are as a person. Like, it's not just a TV show to you, you know? It's, like, who you are. And to some uh, yeah. people, that might sound sad. But, you know, to other people, they can relate to it. And I definitely relate to it for what I geek out over, you know? There's and a lot it, worse things you could be. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and I, yes, in case you're wondering, our house is just filled with a bunch of Doctor Who stuff and horror stuff and Kesha stuff. It's a problem. But we're, we're, we're yeah. And it's pretty well organized. Though. It is, though. I, I, I make sure I got you. We, 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 take, we take good care. It sounds appropriate. We do. We do. But yeah, we love you.
Well, good. So, should we launch into um, rating the Whovian review? So, how have we done over the years? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I've only been well, here for like a I'll year. I'll give myself a two. <laughs> but you're going to get punched. Okay, Michael gets a two. I'm giving myself a ten. <laughs> I'll give myself probably a six, only because I think I, like, to Colin's point, I do ask very compelling questions. However, all I do is ask those questions. I don't really provide many answers or insight as to what I think. I kind of just soak up all of your short, ideas. ideas. Huh? I think you're selling yourself short there. I think you also contribute as well. Colin, what would you rate yourself? I mean, sometimes your opinions are what catalyzes this conversation. <laughs> um, myself? Um, you know what? Honestly, I, I think I do pretty well for where I am, but... Uh, um, you know, be self-conscious about it. I, I do think, you know, next to um, passionate fans such as, um, you know, you guys before me and also the knowledge of, of Shelby, you know, and Michael, um, I feel like there's there's some things that I can't contribute, but I think there's other things that I do well. Um, I want to give myself room for improvement, um, but I, I feel proud of my contribution. I will give myself an 8 out of 10. And the reason I rated myself so low is only because I think I could be doing better. Like when I initially started the podcast, I remember taking notes and like making like very keen observations on things that I saw in the episode. But like, you know, when you're watching something, you're eating something and then you're drinking a little bit and you're in the podcast mode, you tend to forget those few things that really stood out to you when you're watching it. So that's something that I wish I could get better at is actually like feeling like I do have an impact on the podcast as opposed to just babbling and piggybacking back on the things that you guys contribute to the whatever podcast. I feel like that was the opposite of the feedback that Colin gave describing your contribution to the podcast. He's like, Jace is a catalyst for new ideas, and Jace is all like, I'm always repeating what everyone else is saying. Well, <laughs> also like how I feel, and also I'm comparing how I am now versus how I was before. That's fair. I only rated myself a two only because I don't like listening to myself when I hear everything back. I don't either. No one does. No, I get oh, that. Yeah, and I, I actually, <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were going to give serious ratings. So if I'm going to seriously oh, okay. rate myself, um, I'm, I'm going to give myself a nine. I feel like my knowledge and enthusiasm for classic who could stand some improvement. Um, Michael, you can't actually rate yourself a two. Come on, man. Yeah, let's get more. Let's get more honest with <laughs> ourselves. The part to of be this honest, review. I don't feel like I can rate myself. I feel I, it just feels weird rating myself on That's a podcast. Okay, should we all rate Michael a ten? <laughs> no, I Michael gets a ten. Really. This podcast would not be a thing without Michael. <laughs> Thank you for creating the Hoobian Review, in which many people have enjoyed, indulged in, and celebrated at Awesome Con. Without you, we would not have had the privilege to go out and just share our knowledge and love for Doctor Who with whoever listens. Oh, speaking, speaking of Awesome, of awesome Con, Con. Uh, big announcement oh, yeah. on our 200th episode. <laughs> we are going back again this year to present a panel at Awesome Con. We don't have our date quite yet, but the dates of the con are August 20th through 22nd. We will be doing the villains of Doctor Who. Fourth Awesome Con ex- uh Entrance in a row. Yeah. And well, for you, fourth awesome con entrance, third actual appearance because last year got canceled. And if we do, yeah. and if you do end up being at awesome con, by all means, 
feel free to visit us and say hello. Oh my God, totally come up and talk to us and let us know you listen on the podcast. And let us know that I'm your favorite. We don't bite, we'll give you autographs. (laughs) I might bite. You don't have to tell Jace that he's your favorite if you don't want to. We (laughs) we all know it's it's me. (laughs) You know what, I'll give you a kiss if you do. But also, (laughs) if you guys want to give me costume ideas, I've been considering going as either Missy or Peter Capaldi, or Ruth, and I'm not quite sure who I want to be. So I might do all three. I like costume changes. Just, well, you know, you've got three days, so there's three characters. Well, Halloween, usually I do three costume chains, and that's one yeah, day. Yeah, but so. then there's a, whatever day we're doing the presentation is kind of the thing. I also want to be a costume true, change. But, you, but, I mean, we'll be there for all three days, so yeah. it works. Um, but, yeah, let us know what you think, too, if you, if you all desire. We, we'd love to hear from you. And were we going to talk about who our favorite doctor was? Were we? That was we all know who Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is the best doctor. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Matt Peter Capaldi. But admittedly, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, no, 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 no. That actually is is probably a big announcement for for you fans out there because I don't think I've told you yet. But I have recently made a switch. Is that Peter Capaldi has overtaken Matt Smith as my favorite doctor? I went back and I rewatched. The whole Matt Smith era, the whole Peter Capaldi era, and I realized, yeah, I actually like Capaldi better. So, I mean, Matt Smith, he was my first doctor, and I love him dearly, but uh, Peter Capaldi's got, got him beat right now. Out of, like, just curious, not to make this last too much longer, um, out of all of New Who minus Jody, who's the who do you think is the least popular doctor? Eggleston. Eccleston, really? He's like my second, maybe second, third. Favorite. Yeah, but he, he's he, only there for a year. He, yeah, he was only. Yeah, he only did one season, and then also he he left on bad terms, and he kind of you know upset a lot of fans. But he so. needed to take care of himself. No, and like now that that's known, it's a different story. But like he did, like at for for a long time, no one knew why yeah. he he did it. So like Don't a lot judge. of fans were very angry, and so that's so he's been less popular as thing, and also. He was rebooting it, so, you know, people, more people had started watching as, you know, it progressed. Well, I don't know. I kind of liked him. He had a lot of edge to him, and he just came out of, like, the war era, so it was kind of just, like, a new, reinvented version of the Doctor that we had. He, he set the stage for New Who, essentially, so I think he doesn't get enough credit as he deserves. To be honest, for me, in terms of favorite Doctor, and I know a lot of people would say, oh, yes, it's obviously Colin Baker. but the prop- It is obviously Colin Baker. It is Baker. Colin Baker. You've said that so every, times. every time we've had we've pushed you against the wall and you've had to make a decision, you've always said it's not, Colin Baker. It's not that, though. It's that I usually would put my Doctors into a tier group. I don't have one at the very top. I don't usually have one at the very oh, bottom. Who are your top Doctors? My top Doctors, the top four. S-tier. My my top four doctors are are Tom Baker, Colin Baker, David Tennant, and John Pertwee. Those are the ones that I have in the top. All right, two. I would go Peter Capaldi, Matt Smith, David Tennant, Tom Baker. Okay. Go on. Peter Capaldi comes in this, my second tier. Yeah. I, I really I, I most resonate with the newer ones, and also I've been exposed enough with, with the past, I think, to be quite honest. But I'm going um, I'm going Capaldi. Well, yeah. I'm going tenant. I'm going. We can both do three. Yeah, you could just do three. Okay. Even even that's still kind of hard. That's where we do. There we go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Goodbye. So my top is my tier is going to be. I think we've done this before, Michael. I think we've rated it from like our favorites. So what is your what's your top tier? It's my top tier is Peter Capaldi. Tom Baker, 
I want to get more into John Pertwee. However, I have not seen as much as I would like to. So I think I might actually put him as my third. And then my fourth might be Eccleston, which a lot of people would disagree with. But I think that he had really cool stories. I think a lot of people would actually agree with you. A lot of people liked Christopher Eccleston. They didn't like the fact that he left so suddenly. Yeah, it's between him and Matt Smith for my next. Yeah. But also, I, I still, I, I feel like Jodie Whittaker actually is a, a good doctor, at least potential-wise, just like the stories and the, the writings. I just feel together. like there's something missing from her. Of course, there is like that presence, yeah. but like it seems like she's kind of off. And if they revisit the fact that she's been off like last minute, and then she just suddenly turns into the doctor with the most bass in her voice, then she'd be leaving it on a good note, you know? Mm-hmm. Give me some of that Ruth energy. Hey, I have a kind of a sad announcement um, because yesterday we lost somebody from the Doctor Who world. Jackie Lane, who played Dorothy Chaplet, otherwise known as Dodo, the first Doctor companion. Dodo. The first Doctor companion. She passed away yesterday. Oh. She was, I think, 79. And um, she, I mean, this was kind of sudden, so I don't think it was something that was expected. But, yes, uh, our hearts go out to her family, her friends, and anybody who was left behind with her. I can't make a joke right now. It's really sad. Well, no. I was going to say, I'll keep my heart to myself, but I give you guys my best wishes. (laughs) I don't got hearts to be given given away like the doctor does. Although he don't give it away, but, you know. (laughs) That's appropriate, yeah. Yeah. But maybe maybe we'll have to watch a a Dodo story at some point. Terrible name for a companion, but Jackie yes. Lane was actually pretty decent. It's kind of sad because her character was actually written out halfway through a story and they never gave her a goodbye. She just literally did not show up for the next episode. Huh. And so she never was given a proper send-off. Why? Um, I think the producers just had a different direction. They wanted to take the show, so they wrote her out of the script without actually thinking, oh... The audience might want to know what happened to what so happened. They to didn't Dodo. have a line in there where they were like, "Oh, she left." Oh, she. They did have a line. They 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 said that she left, but it was in the next episode. But they never. There was no lead up to her leaving. It was just like one episode. She's in it and she's talking to the first doctor, and they're laughing together, and they're like comrades and companions. In the next episode, she's not there. <laughs> and it's just well, kind of weird. I suppose as of life, too. It's hard to have an exit. And there's not always a great timing for it. Oh, absolutely. Okay, that was a Jace moment you just had. <laughs> any rate, hope you all have a wonderful week. And hopefully we'll be back next week with another episode, episode 201. Share, thanks for sharing the fandom with us, fans. And take everyone you love not for granted because you don't know how much time you have left. Good night, everyone. Sorry. Bye. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.